0: Welcome to Behind the Smoke. My name is Sean Walcheff, and I am here with Derek Marceau. We are live from Valley Farm Market uh, above the butcher shop. Uh, brand new podcast studio coming to you live from Valley Farm Market. How's it going tonight, Derek?
1: Man, it's going great. Everything's going good. This podcast room is shaping up nicely. Um, we're pretty excited, and we're really excited about uh, our guest tonight, Um but before that, Sean, can I ask you a question? Sure, go ahead. Talk to me a little bit about what happened with this uh, catering job. We, we talked last week about you're going to go and do a catering for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, what? what How did that, that turn out?
0: That is a great question. So we did something that we knew, number one, that we wanted to do. Number two, that would piss off. A lot of people in San Diego, uh, before we went and did that catering, I sent out a tweet with us, tweet, tweet tweet. with us, a photo of myself at Chargers park catering, uh, earlier this season with Hunter Henry. And we just said that we were honored to bring our slow smoke meat to Chargers park. Once again, uh, draft war room day two, uh, Lucky to have a great relationship with John Spanos. I played. So he
1: reached out to you again.
0: Uh, John Spanos' team reached out to us. Apparently, they liked it enough to bring us back for the third time. Uh, three times. I think we're doing something right. Uh, we made a decision that, like I said, we knew would anger the disgruntled fan base here in San Diego. Uh, we worked, as you know, as you know, for the last two years as a part of the Save Our Bolts movement to keep the team here. Yeah, no, we absolutely. You're allocated resources from the restaurant, time. Uh, we had managers sign up to try to get people to uh, pass a Measure C. And we really did everything that we could. And because we did that, because of that adversity, we had a lot of doors open up for us. And we met some amazing fan groups. Uh, the Bolt Pride, we got to meet Alvarez, we got to meet Johnny, Uh, we got to go on Scott and BR. Actually, before we once I sent out that tweet, uh, Scott Kaplan sent me right back because he wanted to know how the fuck is it possible for you to go for somebody that's dedicated so much time, so much effort, so much money to the Chargers and they turned their back on San Diego. How is it possible for you to go and cater for them? And what'd you tell them? And I tweeted back. I said, you know, from the San Diego love letter challenge to save our bolts, to vote yes on C, we've always loved our chargers and we always will love our chargers. Um, That's something that you you know me well enough to know that the way that we run our sports bar, we've always been uh, kind of on the fringe as a San Diego sports bar, uh, charger bar anywhere you go in Pacific beach, you can get just about every other NFL team. Uh, nothing's kind of changed. And you know, the funny thing is how people react. And it's such a reaction that you don't expect until you see it.
1: The reaction from your customers?
0: Uh, well, from customers, from people listening to Scott and Br, from people on Twitter, really? uh, we have a nice gentleman here by the name of George. He goes by at Damien GM nineteen seventy four. Fuck LA Chargers. Fuck Cali Comfort Traders. Go to LA with them. <laughs> uh, wow. I think I tweeted back a smiley face emoji. Wow. Uh, we had Edward at Ed Dog thirty four. Nope. Unfollow. Support Traders. I don't support you. And this guy was one of these my are all favorites. people
1: that are just. Coming at you for doing a catering for the L.A. Chargers.
0: Correct. Jeez. Uh, This one's fuck the L.A. Dolts at TX Bolts fan. Dude is still a Dolts fan. Hope he goes out of business. Will never again disgrace my family with their garbage food.
2: Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. I hope you go out of business? the apparently, fuck out of apparently here.
0: Apparently, he wants 86 people to no longer have work. In spring oh, yeah, that's how many
1: followers he has? <laughs> uh, he has
0: 23. That 80, 86 would be a lot for him. He has 23 uh, followers. So not only does he have 23 followers, he also uses an anonymous name and hides behind his keyboard. But, we like you know, those uh,
1: keyboard warriors. <laughs> the
0: best The best thing is, is that we do, what we do what we love to do, and it really doesn't matter what anyone says. I mean, we had two people right when i went on scott br call the restaurant and tell the host fuck you guys we're not going to follow you you guys are following the the chargers we'll never eat at your restaurant again Wow. so i mean it's it's i don't blame the fan base i don't blame anybody any fan every fan is free to make their own decision but to have fans in san diego attacking other fans is, it's just something that you wish you didn't have to see.
1: Well, it's just a ton of negativity, right? I mean, they, <laughs>
0: We've they, never been about negativity.
1: No, you know that. No, absolutely. I mean, that's what we're 100% against. It's, we, we try to uplift and, and move forward. And, um, you know, obviously these people don't think the same way. And you know what's great? That it's fucking fine. <laughs> don't 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 uh don't like it that's it's fine we, we can still going to continue to do what cali comfort does that's absolutely right i mean I'm, I'm sorry it's uh as much as you hate us you and your 24 followers are uh not gonna really do too much but hey free world say what you want to say um we're here for the long haul and uh just so you know valley farm supports you so um well,
0: Derek, I appreciate that. And Derek's always supported me, uh, even though he might have a different opinion than I do. And either way, we, uh, we're we moving forward, and we're never going to burn a business. Brisn- bis- isn't it pretty funny? Yeah. Isn't it funny how people think? Yeah. Um, but they know where to find us. They know on, we're not hiding behind an anonymous name. Uh, if they want to call Spring a Spring Valley restaurant a sellout, then... I see the irony in that. Maybe they don't, but you know what? It's all good. Right. You know, we have people like uh, Jeff Dotseth, who has his own podcast with uh, Dave, Dave and Jeff, and he went out there on his podcast and basically told people to go fuck off, leave Cali Comfort alone. I like Those it. Those are our guys. I like it. And you know what? There are good people out there. And you know, the restaurant was packed when we left, and we're lucky to be here, bringing uh, bringing our guest on. There would be no Cali Comfort BBQ without. Mr. Jean Goykachea, Jean. Uh, My man. Jean and I met uh, back way back in the day. Now it's uh, coming up. We opened the restaurant in 2008, so we met in 2009. Is that correct?
2: Yes.
1: Sean, um, h- how did you guys meet, or Gene, You guys can both pitch in. I mean, how did the relationship form?
2: Well, we—I uh, was retired. And I got a phone call from Sean and he had talked to KCBS and I guess some other people and they referred him to myself on getting information to run a charity barbecue competition. Sean, out of the goodness of his heart, wanted to go out and raise some money. And you were a part of that. Yep. Uh, Want to raise money for uniforms and for the ability of, young children, lower income, to play sports in a local area. And when he called me, I said, you know, I said, I just live in Bonita, five miles away. I'll come out and meet you. He says, no, you just give me a little bit of info over the phone. I said, no, I'll come out and meet you. So we met, kind of hit it off right off the bat. I liked his attitude. He was very young and ambitious and wanted some good things to happen and I wanted to be a part of that. Maybe
1: saw a little bit of you when you were younger than him, huh?
2: Absolutely. And you know, just right off the bat, I just knew you was a person you could trust. So uh, I said, you know, I'll come to your, your meetings and answer any questions, give you any advice I have, because I've run a lot of contests.
1: And that's uh, saying it lightly a lot of contests (laughs) I think I've run a lot of contests Yeah, (laughs) I don't know if I'm 1% of
2: what Gene's at but uh, so we went to all these different meetings and he kind of introduced me to the barbecue that they had at his breakfast restaurant some ribs and then we talked about barbecue and by the end of this experience and running the event Sean says I'm going to change my restaurant into a barbecue restaurant. What a Can
0: fucking idiot! That? What a fucking idiot is right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you were uh,
1: you were on board with that? You thought you'd um, help him out, um, this young naive
2: kid. And well, I was actually kind of the crazy one because I said, "Are you sure you want to do that?"
0: Yeah, I said, Gene, Are you Gene sure kept holding you want to reins back?
2: Like you know, cut off what you've got now." And he says, "That's what I'm going to do." I'm thinking maybe a gradual thing. He says, "No." I want to do barbecue. Oh, that's
1: so you know Sean. That's Sean.
2: Yeah, he just went right into it. We started uh, like training employees and brought over some equipment, some slicers, some uh,
0: large cookers. So what was, what was the thing that actually changed the restaurant? It was your competition, Old Hickory Pit, which we delivered on a flatbed truck right to the front patio of the restaurant.
1: I just saw pictures of that last week, I think.
0: Yeah, we had the, the blue building. Yeah. yeah so beautiful. Beautiful char- so- charger blue. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Beautiful blue.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we've made better decisions since then. but
2: At any rate, uh, Sean got right on it. We started uh, ordering the appropriate foods, started training some staff, uh, kind of ran a breakfast in the morning, barbecue in the afternoon.
0: Well, let, let's be serious, Gene. What, I mean, what the fuck was the problem? The problem with barbecue and turning into a barbecue restaurant is the low and slow process, correct? Absolutely. So it's about having consistency. And it's about having fabricating every single rack the same way every time, rubbing it the same way, making sure that all those processes and procedures, because you're cooking to feel, right? That's correct. You're cooked to feel. And what do I always tell you? I can't tell my fucking team, hey, just go feel the meat. Yeah, And I can trust them to feel it the same way Gene's going to feel the meat.
2: Well, a lot of thermometers are used now. I mean, a lot of thermometers. Consistency is there. Very well-run restaurant. Has a great staff. The people in the back of the house do a phenomenal job. The prep people, the line people, they work in a very small, confined area and manage to make it all happen. And it's very consistent. And people come back because of that consistency.
0: So after you, tell us about your, how you got into barbecue.
1: That's what I was just going to ask. Like, what, what's, what got you into, into doing all this? Because we all know how, how uh, prominent you were in the KCBS. What made Gene get into
0: so barbecue? So you're a KCBS, you were a KCBS board member. That's You're correct. a master judge. Yes. You're an organizer. Yes. What else?
2: I'm a rep. I teach the CBJ classes. Um, I was a competitor for many, many years. Loved it. Um, I kind of got my start in barbecue in some of our businesses. We had a sand and gravel plant. The equipment comes from back in the south, right around Memphis, Tennessee. So if I would go back and get equipment, I would be eating real good barbecue and then going with a tractor-trailer back through Texas, experienced some more pretty decent barbecue. Then I'd get back to California, and there was nothing. I mean, zero. We're talking 30 years ago. There was no barbecue. that was worth eating. Just, uh... Were they even trying to try it back then? No. No? Wow. We did nothing here.
1: It was terrible. Just old grill stuff? Yeah. Grill of steak?
2: So, uh... I decided to buy my own smoker, and we didn't have Home Depot around, so I went to an Ace Hardware and bought a, what I thought was going to be a decent smoker, turns out it was a piece of garbage, made out of sheet metal, and it would warp and allow more air in, because it would end up with these big gaps on the door, so you had no fire control, so the food was terrible, I mean, I hated it, I was making something I hated I'm a picky person, but I mean, it was just undercooked,
0: overcooked, a little bit of both.
2: Usually both.
0: Usually both.
2: So I, uh, I would go back and I'd, another one of our businesses was a towing company and I'd go back to Olive branch Mississippi. So I'm picking up, uh, a new truck there with some extra bodies, record bodies on it. And going back, I stopped at the restaurant. I always stopped at in Texas called, uh, Fort Wood in Sweetwater, Texas. And the guys at the restaurant there, I said, you know what? You guys have really good food. My food sucks. What am I doing wrong? So we talked for a little bit. He says, you know what you need to do? You need to go to a barbecue competition. I'm like, a what? <laughs> I didn't even know what he was talking about. Didn't know they existed. So he says, yeah, we've got a barbecue competition coming up this Friday and Saturday. Well, this is Wednesday. And I'm in the far end of Texas.
1: And you still got to drive back to San Diego?
2: Still have to drive back to San Diego. And I have equipment that needs to cross the border in New Mexico and a wrecker that needs to, uh, to be put to work. So I go out and get multiple logbooks, broke a few laws, <laughs> drove straight through, <laughs> dropped off the truck, said somebody needs to take me to the airport. They're like, so- you just got back. I said no. I need to go to the airport.
1: So you just fl- you flew right then, right to flew Texas. Right then,
2: did not go get clean clothes at home. Took dirty clothes in a suitcase and washed them when I got back to Texas. Wow,
0: wow! Somebody had the barbecue bug. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that happens. It does. It happens when somebody's talking to you and they tell you something, and all of a sudden you end up being like I did, where I was asking you for barbecue advice, and you said I'm going to be at a contest, and I moved heaven and earth to make sure that no matter what, I got to that contest so that I could find out what Gene was doing. And sure enough, there was Gene, rock star as he is, running the entire Harris Rincón barbecue contest, which was uh, pretty, pretty impressive, to say the least.
1: So, Gene, when you got to Texas, talk to me about the experience, because I know my first experience going to a KCBS event, I was personally blown away.
2: Um, what, what was your experience 40, oh, it, 40 years ago? 30 years? It was phenomenal. Yeah. I meet up with these guys. And they say, yeah, it's, it's about 10 miles away. Just follow us over. You can park your car there. Hang out with our team over the weekend. We'll show you what we do. You can help out a little bit. We'll all just hang out and have a good time. So we did that. This is actually put on by the, the JC's. And it was a rattlesnake roundup. This is where crazy people... Go you out really, there. really went
1: after rattlesnakes? Really? See, I'm not.
2: I just <laughs> not do that
0: shit. It's not I me. Mean,
2: I mean, I mean, I'm good with snakes.
1: I personally love snakes, but to grab a fucking rattlesnake? Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, more man, of a I'm city out. city I'm boy. Out.
0: That's Sorry. not happening nope. for me. Not a chance. Well, though. these
2: people, you actually go out on a bus with them, and they go out and they take you out all these holes in the ground. And the reason they're doing this is because all the cattle get bit and die. So they go out and round up thousands and thousands and thousands. Of rattlesnakes. Fuck that. They throw them in this big circle in, like, the gym. And some other nutcase jumps in that circle with, like, 300 rattlesnakes. And they're crawling around his foot. Wow. I mean, this guy's stupid. I'd
1: imagine they'd, you know, get the venom out of them too, right? For...
2: Well, that's what they were there for. Right. They would gather them up, and they'd pull all the venom out of them for medical... And then they would kill them. They would cook the rattlesnake meat. Ain't they, bad meat. Were they smoking That's this meat? Bad. They were grilling it, and they were frying it. Th-
0: this wasn't part of the contest, am I correct? Not part of the contest. No. It wasn't this wasn't this was, was just a bonus. This was like <laughs> an add-on to the yeah, contest. Absolutely. Dessert and rattlesnake. Should we add that to the Del Mar contest? Yeah, hey, I don't want to be I don't, there do I don't think it's going to go over too well. No. What do you think? No, know. Sea
1: Rattlesna- no, urgent. Rattlesna- rattlesnakes
0: and racehorses? Fuck. No, that doesn't go too well.
2: So they make the uh, they take all the skins, and they make boots and belts and you name it. Then they even make uh, something with the heads of them.
0: So what these, did this uh, this barbecue? You said the barbecue restaurant they were actually competing in this. Contest. They were.
2: There was a chili contest and a barbecue contest. Well, I learned so much by watching these guys and seeing the pits around. The pits around were all made out of high quality heavy steel. And what I had was made out of sheet metal. I didn't know any better.
1: So they had a thick gauge,
2: yeah, absolutely. nice smoker. So no warpage. Right. And the temperature stayed consistent. Okay. So I said, I know what I'm doing when I get back.
1: Buying a fucking new smoker. Yeah, I'm
2: <laughs> calling up the same brand name that they all had. Okay. I was going to have one of those. You got one of those. I did. Wow. It was called Closed Barbecue Pits out of Houston, Texas. So I called David Close, the owner, and I said, look, I want one of your pits. Can you send one out tomorrow? How much do I owe you? He says, well, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> he says, we have a six to 12 week waiting list. Wow. I said, but, but I want one right now. Yeah. He says, it doesn't really matter what you want right now. He says, did you hear me? It's a six to 12 week waiting list and you'll be on the end of that. And I'm like, well, okay, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So I, narrowed it down to what I wanted and I gave him a credit card and said, "I'll take it."
1: What did your first smoker like that cost you?
2: Uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Okay.
1: Because so I know you know smokers now can range anywhere from hundred bucks to, I
2: mean, millions.
1: Yeah, are they yeah. millions?
2: Yeah, he makes some that are millions. Wow! Like airplanes, like Jesus, look like real airplanes for airlines. He's got the coolest pits. He's got a. He helped build the largest pit ever in the world. We actually used it. Here in California, it had to have four California highway patrol cars escort it from the Arizona border. I mean, how many square feet is something like that? Oh, geez. It's probably an 80 foot long pit wow. and probably <laughs> eight, <laughs> Who uses something like eight that? foot in diameter. Well, we used it. We were doing a uh, one of the feeds of the troop deals we used to do out of 29 bombs. Nice. And
0: they came out to help us cook this food. How many troops did you guys feed? $40,000. Forty thousand? 40, yes, that's a small catering, little side side catering deal. Yeah, forty thousand. That's impressive. I, know, impressive.
1: I almost shit my pants when, when I did my first. <laughs>
2: meeting, I was like two hundred people. Two hundred like, people. What yeah. am I going to
0: exactly. do? Exactly, two hundred angry golfers for us.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I probably fed ten thousand out of my trailer. Wow. That I had there,
0: and that was a lunch.
2: That was a lunch. So we Pulled provided pork. the food. Um, I was doing. Bull pork and brisket. We had a full array of food. Mm-hmm. When we do those events, we'll have brisket, we'll have pork, we'll have ribs, we'll have three or four types of sausage. We'll also do hamburgers and hot dogs for the little kids. Because I mean their whole families are there. Um, we even got like the company the Edwards Pie mm-hmm. to donate a semi load of pie.
0: Wow. For
2: desserts. That's cool. Then they have their uh Marine, I don't know, like MCAS. It's a group that uh makes money during the year and puts on little events for the Marines. And they would come out there and feed them all the drinks.
0: Because it's like hundred and twenty degrees How there. How many people did you have working with you?
2: We probably had sixty doing the 60? line. Good. Just the serving line.
0: Good. That's a number I like to hear. And then uh I didn't want to hear one or two. There were probably 10 of us <laughs> cooking. 10? Probably 10. Wow. I mean, feeding 2,000 veterans at the track at Del Mar, we had a good crew from Cali of about eight, and you, you probably had Valley Farm had another eight as well. Isn't that yeah. right, Derek?
1: Yeah. And we, I mean.
0: And we were, we were full tilt. You and I sweating, yeah. moving, hustling, whatever, <laughs> there we, was could, whatever a, we could do to make sure. There a lot to improve
1: on.
2: Um, we got it done. We but. did. I mean, I would definitely like to have 60. That awesome. <laughs> well, these were a lot of these were young guys. They were uh, called young Marines. Uh-huh. And it's like being the Boy Scouts, but it's all about being Marines. Cool. So they were doing a lot of the food line.
0: Nice. Uh, so, Gene, with, with
1: uh, that pit that you got, yes, was that the first pit you had that you competed with?
2: Actually, the one that I ordered, I didn't end up with. Um, David Close calls me a couple days later and says, Somebody backed out of their pit. It's a little bit bigger, but I can send it to you today and get it on its way. It could be there in five days. I'm thinking five days were 12 weeks. I think mm. five days. There was nothing to think about. Yeah. How much more was that? I'll. Uh, do you want a check or a credit card? Yeah. So he says, yeah, I can just take a credit card. So I, uh, I gave him a credit card. I received it. And then I... My first cook, everything came out so much better. I was so happy. First, I was thinking it was all me that was messing this up. It out. was a stick burner? It was a stick burner. Yeah. What kind of wood were you using? At that time, I was using hickory. Okay. But it's uh, it's another thing. The thing about wood is the smaller the pit, the less wood that you can use. Because it's very harsh. The oxygen mixture is wrong. So, if you've got a very large pit... You could burn a harsh wood like hickory. If you've got a small pit, you could add little chunks of hickory or more like pecan and just to enhance the flavor mm-hmm. and use charcoal that's kind of neutral for your heat source.
0: So what uh, what turned you on to old hickory pits? How, when did you get your first pit? I guess Cali well, pit for, one.
2: For old hickory? God, I probably didn't buy that till. 2002, I think.
0: And that was your competitive team out of this world?
2: (laughs) Yes. uh, Well, I was using hose pits also with that team. Okay. But uh, when I made the change was when I built that very large, enormous 50-foot trailer that was hauled with semis, um, and the whole hickories were built into it.
0: What kind of space did you need for that? The trailer? Yeah.
2: I needed to be 90-foot long because with a road tractor... And the 50-plus foot trailer, that's how long I was. So what, did
0: you just buy three team spaces or what?
2: You know what? Most events (laughs) wanted something cool like that there. Yeah. So they didn't make you pay anything extra. They just wanted you there. Yeah. I'll tell you, the first event that I took it to, I told them I needed 100 feet. And I got there, and they had saved me 20 feet. Two zero. I said, I couldn't put a car in that space. What are you guys thinking? And I, that was in New Mexico. So I, uh, I'd driven from San Diego straight out to New Mexico and had no place to park.
0: I mean, it's it's intimidating to go to a KCBS, Kansas City Barbecue Society, sanctioned event for the first time and realize that you're going to run into somebody like Gene that's bringing a semi-trailer. I mean, when we went up to Smoking in the Park up in Viejas... And it was our first contest, you know, Tommy was my pit master, my brother, he was cooking our barbecue, you know, Lou Bush, who was a former charger, he had opened up a barbecue restaurant in central San Diego, just about the same time we opened up Cali Comfort. Thomas, you know, he was working on his ribs, he he was doing a kick ass job, you know, I was so proud of him. We enter this contest, and we go up there, you know, confident, even though we shouldn't, we had no reason to be confident. I mean, right when I started going through all the KCBS rules and regulations, all the things that we had to do for turn-ins, uh, I realized how serious this professional barbecue really is. And then once we get up there and we realize, you know, we have a ranch ranch kettle and, you know, just a barrel smoker, and we're looking at literally trailers and semis and rigs that are half a million, a million dollar rigs, and they're out there competing, you know, for these for these prizes it's what they do it's what they do they, they travel and they go fucking cook good queue. i mean you don't need it to start but you need to have somebody kind of help you along the way
1: right you definitely don't need it i mean you look at rhythm and queue, they pack all their stuff into a van and do an absolutely fucking phenomenal job
0: yeah but they so, can't take all their prizes is the problem right, right. they need they had, a separate u-haul when just they won to take all uh del mar by. they had to uh
1: <laughs> ask for some some uh, assistance yeah but no it's definitely thing. intimidating
2: yeah, I was going to say that is uh, it doesn't matter what you bring to cook with. It's the cook and not the cooker. It's the well, meat, the seasoning, yeah. knowing when and how long to cook that meat to get it done on time to be turned into the contest. Having the right flavor, the right tenderness, having it be hot when it arrives at the judges and being able to dress the box up to where your meat looks nice. That's what's most important.
1: That's most important, but you still need a semi-decent cooker. You can't just go pull off one of the, like the first one you had that was warping and, you know, all the air was getting in and you couldn't keep a temperature. I mean, that's, that's important. So, um, you know, you, you want to have some type of cooker that's halfway decent.
0: Well, it's not only that, but you have to know how to cook for volume. You know, if you're a team that's competing just to compete and you're not participating in People's, people's choice. choice. Then you know it's it's easier to cook smaller amounts of of barbecue and cook just for that competition. I would imagine,
1: Gene, you cook the shit out of stuff for People's Choice.
2: <laughs> I I actually started People's Choice. Here we started that that started in San Diego. Is that right? Actually started in Imperial Beach.
0: Awesome. Uh, the first contest that had
2: it was in like 1998 or 99, and it was called Surf and Turf. And that was you. That was me. So you you
0: organized that contest? I did. Awesome.
2: And we did people's choice, but I also ran one of my close barbecue pits that would hold, well, it it weighed over 10,000 pounds. It was a a four-axle trailer, four-axle trailer, and it had a very large grill on it and a smoker that was about 30, 35 foot long and a slide-out fajita grill just an awesome cooker. And I cooked enough pork to feed thousands and thousands of people. Now the owner of this, by, by this time I'd bought a lot of close pits and he was out at my house, hanging out. And he says, that only feeds 650 people. I said, no, I'm going to feed thousands. He says, but it only feeds 650 people. I said, no, you're wrong. It feeds thousands. So, uh, he saw me throw in cases and cases and cases and cases and cases of pork. He couldn't believe it all fit in there. He couldn't believe it all got done. And he couldn't believe that we sold every bit of
0: it. So why, why, did people's, why did the idea of people's choice even, even come about?
2: Well, because, because why would people go to a barbecue contest? They can go there and see pits for five minutes and they're like, okay, whatever. But if they can eat that same food that the judges are getting now they're happy. They feel like they're involved in the contest. They get to judge the contest with their extra ticket. So they can say, that was my favorite, put a ticket in their box. And that person could potentially win the people's choice category. Yeah. And at that point, they're now the judge.
0: Absolutely. I think that's one of the, the biggest, difficulties that we have as organizers is figuring out ways to incentivize teams to participate in people's choice because it's
1: fucking hard that's why i mean it's, it's really hard yeah you want to make great queue, then you gotta worry about all that, you've other got champ- that. you got you've
0: got a championship on the line you know these teams are competing they're collecting points at all these different events throughout the year and they're going for you know the grand prize is that right
2: absolutely you know and if the event can put on some extra people and say, hey, we've got somebody to serve your leftovers. That goes a long way with some teams. Some teams can bring family members and, and uh, you know, they can bend it out. Most people don't want somebody they don't know in their sight dealing with their food, though. So it's hard to get some of these teams interested in being involved in that. When you did People's Choice, were you, were you passing out ribs, brisket,
1: uh, pulled pork? Everything? Chicken?
2: We would have the teams turn in everything they had left over. You figure if you go to a contest, I know when I competed, I would bring usually 16 racks of ribs, typically 20 pork butts, typically 20 briskets, so I could put out tons and tons of food. Lots of leftovers. And I would sell whatever was left. When I was running a contest, I would make you know, thousands of pounds of meat. And we'd make up combo plates. It'd be a pulled pork sandwich, beans and potato salad, or a tri tip sandwich, beans and potato salad, or maybe even a coleslaw in there somewhere. So they're buying regular plates. And then they could buy the individual meats from the teams. Gotcha. So it was a great family outing. We'd have live music. They could sit there and listen to Beach Boys music while eating a sandwich. And just relaxing in the summer on the beach. This event took place on the beach. In San Diego.
1: Beautiful weather. Beautiful women. Walking around. Eating great Q. And that's pretty much how People's Choice got started. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. I didn't even know that. Learned something new today, boys.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: Well, we thank you for that. Because that's actually. That's why the, we're in Del Mar. Yeah. That's, that's, well, yeah.
0: It's one of the reasons for sure
1: gene for sure yeah it's really cool so you uh started doing all your events and uh got done you started helping out cali comfort and uh what are you doing at cali comfort now
2: not a lot no
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to not make him do too much try to make gene kick back and just be a supervisory role, but sometimes he's got to get his hands dirty, and he loves getting his hands dirty.
2: Actually, I had to do that today. We were short staffed in the uh, prep, so I had to go out and get some lettuce and start shredding lettuce and slicing tomatoes and slicing mushrooms and making sure we would be ready for tomorrow, a very busy day.
1: Man, talk about busy. We were talking about this earlier today. I mean, It's great, but man, I mean, you guys are really putting on some events. Talk about some of the events you're putting on, or not events, but some of the things that are going down at Cali Comfort this weekend.
0: Well, I mean, you know, we've we've just been very fortunate, you know, nine years in business and, you know, to have such a great opportunity to put our barbecue down at Valley View Casino Center and to have a stand down there in a partnership with, you know, Ernie Hahn, who runs Valley View Casino Center, and Levy, you know, Joey does an amazing job taking care of our booth, making sure the quality is what we want it to be. And, you know, the San Diego Gulls, you know, having an AHL. Hockey how team,
1: scared were you? Terrified. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Terrified. I, know, I know how I get just when I do caterings. And if I can't be there and look at and see what food's going out, I get
0: like terrified. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like the anxiety terrified. goes
1: through the roof. So when you give them their food and you know, people that, are serving it aren't maybe aren't familiar with barbecue and they're serving your food um you know that that's a testament to them over there that are, they're doing a good job you
0: know? yeah absolutely i mean we had to have complete trust in their team and their ability to you know take gene's training we went down there multiple times and showed them the proper way to plate things you know what we were doing why we were doing it um but at the end of the day no one's going to be our team you know which is one of the things why we make our catering staff go through our restaurant training program so that they understand every single thing that we do in the restaurant mm-hmm. so that they're that much more of a valuable asset when they go off site uh, for us it's so hard to not be a control freak i mean you know me you know me you know my wife everything we do you know we want to be hands on as possible right but in order to grow in order to go and sell food at you know the playoff gulls game and then also cater for the chargers and then also run the restaurant um we have to have a team a fight night uh, boxing fight night. matches absolutely <laughs> yeah so
1: and it enough and now you guys have uh, added another pit and i heard a rumor you're looking for number three uh,
0: another pit yeah we're looking for uh, a, a trailer actually you know we're looking to do things a little bit more efficiently on the event side so that, you know, when we go out and do events and participate that we don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know, we kind of can have a, a mobile, mobile spot that'll help us put our product out and not have to do as much set up and breakdown.
1: Gene, how often in Cali Comfort are you guys running your um, pits?
2: They run almost 24 hours a day, <clears throat> seven days a week. Uh, we do take them down typically for four hours at a time for cleaning, where we take every component out and scrub it, clean it all up. I mean, just make sure it's like new inside. Oil it back up. Yep, get it all greased up, serviced, and ready to start again.
0: So, and- Gene, we need to uh, we need to really you know go behind the smoke and really focus on some of the some of the horror stories, some of those barbecue war stories that we had to go through. Those growing pains. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how our turkey fiasco, our Thanksgiving fiasco, how, how that happened and and, and what it ultimately ended up happening?
1: Wait, what do you mean? You, you guys are trying to cook turkeys?
0: So we were always open 365. When we started Cali Comfort 2008, we had 18 employees. And probably about three years into running the restaurant, about maybe three or four years into running the restaurant, we started having significant amount of staff where we're almost at 50 people. And it was much easier for us to close on Thanksgiving and to close on Christmas.
1: Oh, we're talking about Thanksgiving. Oh, we're talking Turkey time.
0: Oh, Oh, we're talking Turkey time. I'm ready.
1: I'm listening. Yes. What happened?
0: So Thanksgiving Turkey time. So we decided, you know, as we grew that it would be a better idea to close on Thanksgiving, close on Christmas. Of course, me being who I am and, you know, talking to Gene. Well, we're closed. That doesn't mean that we can't be open for business, right? Well, why can't we smoke turkeys? Great idea. We have a pit that's not being used. Let's smoke turkeys. Let's sell Thanksgiving meals, right? Absolutely. So what did we do?
2: (laughs) Well, we bought a lot of turkeys. And the problem was that was the first year they ever really, really, really had a shortage of turkeys. (laughs) So all the turkeys that we got came frozen, the fresh turkeys we ordered. So, I mean, like, right before it was cooking time. So oh, you got them, like, that day, and then... Yeah.
0: Well, we pre-ordered the turkeys, yes, but, like, there was a huge turkey shortage. So, you guys got So, we ended frozen. up getting frozen turkeys. We had to try
2: to slack them out.
0: Correct. Oh, that's
2: exciting. So, not only did we have to thaw them out, but we also had to brine them, because that's the only way you're going to get a great turkey for your customers. And this was a turkey with all the sides. I mean, everything...
0: It was a Thanksgiving feast. You know, it was a feast to feed eight to ten people. You got all the fixins. What a stupid idea that was! Oh, I, I. <laughs> what a stupid, stupid idea! I Not only it. was it just because we could have just done just the bird. How long make ago life this? easy? Just the bird. How long ago was this? It seems like a twenty years ago. I mean, I've got like do- dog years on me. It had oh. to have been it had to have been five years ago. At about least. five years ago. I think we did it twice. We did it. One year, and then we, sh- we have actually
1: called me, dude. I should have. Should happen.
0: I should have. There's
1: no chance of doing turkey.
0: It's crazy talk. Oh my God. No, not only did we do turkeys and a full Thanksgiving meal, <coughs> but we allowed people to modify their meal. Don't you ever do that? Modify <laughs> your meal. Oh well, I want to add on, you know, a couple racks of ribs. We're like, oh, that's no problem. We ended up selling so many packages that we had what 110 birds. I don't know. We had a lot of birds. We had so many birds that they wouldn't fit on one of our old old hickory pits. So many birds that they didn't fit on that pit. So we had to use both pits. I had two pickup times, 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. So probably, let's say, 60 people were coming at 11 a.m. to pick up their entire Thanksgiving, to have their meal already ready, take it home, watch their football, enjoy with their family. Guess what? It's 9 o'clock. I'm talking to Gene about where we're at. He said, they're cooking. Temperature is low. We're trying to figure out what what we need to do. There's really nothing you can do with low and slow barbecue.
1: Uh, You can't fucking turn up the heat here. No. It's done.
0: No.
2: Wow. Not only that, but we had a lot of birds that were done. And then... Every
0: time a lot of birds get serious, there were like five birds that were done. There were five, there were 55 oh angry villagers with pitchforks ready to hang me by a noose. So they were there waiting at so 11. So they're there waiting at 11. And, and I have no turkeys except for maybe five ready to go.
1: And the other ones are at like 100 degrees,
0: yeah, like frozen, like frozen birds. <laughs> like, Gene, how can we make this, this thing cook any faster? No, they're frozen. Right. You go out there and you go talk to those people and let them know you just ruined their Thanksgiving. Yeah. 55 people just, I mean, by the time we got done that first wave, they didn't get their birds until like 1.30. So you have a lot of experience with people being mad at you. Oh, angry as hell. Tweeting uh, angry and as hell. Tweeting at yeah, you. Yeah, this guy's got nothing on those, turkey, <laughs> right. on those turkey birds. If that person had Twitter back in the day, man, they would be straight fire. Oh, it would have been God. straight fire. I mean, we we ruined Thanksgiving. Like it had to have been two years before we stopped. I had a completely. lady call me
1: on a Thanksgiving, and I'm
0: at my house. You know, for us here at the store, we obviously weren't that close because we had similar stories. Right, I we, was, we should uh, have shared these barbecue stories together. We
1: sell turkeys, organic, free range, all natural turkeys here, and um, you know, we go through thousands of turkeys. Well. My bright idea was to obviously cook some turkeys as well. What I was going to do is I was going to smoke them, but I was only going to smoke them to 140. So I wasn't going to get them all the way up to temp <laughs> to leave them a note and let them know that oh, they, yeah, leave all, them a they, note. all they have to do is finish them, finish them in the oven. Well, just finish them say, just follow these, follow these instructions. Yeah, follow these instructions. Bad uh-huh. yeah, plan. Needless to say, I got a phone call after – Three sleepless nights leading up to Thanksgiving, oh, yeah, prepping for sure. doing everything. Stressed out. Finally at, at my house, beautiful dinners going on, phone calls, ladies cussing You cooked that dinner, didn't me you? Out. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because you are that kind of an asshole. <laughs>
1: cussing me out, yelling at me, telling me how I've ruined her Thanksgiving. Yes. I asked her, did you read the directions? Did you heat it? She said, no. I literally had to leave my Thanksgiving dinner go down to the store, get one, put it in the oven, get it to temp, drive it to Alpine yes. just to save her. Yes. Thanksgiving in the process, ruining mine. Yes. And I'm sure, never, I'm sure
0: your wife was happy with you. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, You never, weren't happy with yourself. No, dude, it, dude, it was so just, alive. it was just embarrassing. Just it is completely embarrassing. And well, it's like embarrassing that I thought that could even happen. Well, and, and embarrassing that I had to leave, that I couldn't be with my wife, that I yes. couldn't be with my, my, my parents. and um, Well, I mean, you're a
0: person that if you say you're going to do something, you want it to happen no matter what. Right. And you failed on that promise. I failed on that promise to have... Those sixty Thanksgiving meals ready. My cousin cousin was looking at me. He's
1: like, "Dude, who fucking cares? Let him be mad."
0: (laughs) I can't. I fucking care. I'm trying to keep the store open. Right. It's
1: not. It's not in me.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll lose money. I will lose time. I'll to make somebody else happy.
0: Absolutely. It's really
1: what my my dad instilled in me, and you know, it's it's to a fault. Some and and it was a to a fault that time. I'm pretty sure. Needless to say. Gobble, gobble.
0: Gobble, never gobble. Again. gobble. Well, never well, the funniest part is... Actually, f- next year, you want to try it? Oh, yeah. Let's, well, let's, <laughs> bo- let's both smoke some turkey. <laughs> the, the funniest part is that we still have customers to this day that tell us that was the best smoked turkey they've ever had. Right. I told them, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? <laughs> you keep that shit we to don't, yourself. We don't talk about that shit around here. Um, but, yeah, we've had some very, very interesting interesting times Uh, I guess one of the best things though if we go back to the smoker and some of the I mean the worst thing that can happen to a barbecue restaurant is for the smoker to go down and the reason why old hickory pits have been so kick-ass for us is just the customer service relationship that they have I mean Gene's called them I mean not many times but they're so responsive to our needs as operators that they'll get right back in touch with you. Is that right, Gene?
2: Absolutely, they're right on. The service manager Kevin. I can call and leave a message after they're closed. He will call, and say, "What's the problem? What What do you need us to help you with?"
0: Great yeah. service. I mean, so this last uh, football season, uh, my wife and I, we took Gene out to Kansas City to about to the barbecue mecca, and uh, that was. Our idea was to go out there and really, you know, have Gene show us. Did
1: you by chance get to go to Oklahoma Joe's? Because that's my shit. Gene's I lived
0: been, in Kansas for five years. Gene's been telling us about the gas station barbecue Dude, restaurant what's for it Sinclair? since since I've known him.
1: Sinclair, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Just go okay. there. Oh, it's a fucking gas station. Oklahoma Joe's. Yeah, they fucking, have all hickory pits there. Yeah, they have they all there, hickory really? pits. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, eighteen of them. Wow. Yeah, it was insane operation. Unbelievable. Dude, unbelievable unbelievable amount of barbecue. I mean, right Incredible so good, queue bro. coming out of there. A gas station. But it's,
1: now, it's not, um, now it's Kansas, City, Joe. it's Kansas
0: City Joe's? It's Kansas City Joe's. It's still the same, though. We went, uh, we actually, it was really, I mean, when you roll with Gene, you get special privileges. And oh, I'm sure. Because we went with Gene, we, uh, we had just, we got to do a tour of KCBS's brand new world headquarters with uh, Carolyn Wells. So Kansas City Barbecue oh, she is unbelievable. And her and Jean go way back and, you know, she offered to come out to lunch with us. We took her out and we went to Oklahoma Joe's, spent time there, had amazing kick-ass, kick-ass ribs. Uh, what'd you have, burn-ins?
2: I had burn-ins.
0: Yeah, the burn-ins, Love ends burn-ins. unreal. Unreal. But yeah, so we got to spend that time with Carolyn Wells. She went to the, I guess, probably one of their managers at the time, told them who we were, and asked if she, if we can go back. And they took us back into the kitchen, got to see the old Hickory Pits. Isn't that a cool thing about oh, it's barbecue? It's unreal. I mean, how so cool. People just. I mean, the amount Open of, vol- the amount of volume in. that fucking place was doing, it was it? Well, yeah, mind 80, boggling. 80 customers? Mind-boggling. No big
1: deal. You guys come on in. We'll, uh, we'll take care of you. Mind-boggling. I mean, boggling. It's so
0: awesome. I mean, you're talking about so many different pits, putting so many different cuts of meat on, different times. I mean, the prep list that those guys had, and I mean, the little things that you pick up along the way. I mean, they were using a, a dry erase marker on the outside of their old hickory, marking the times that the stuff went in. I came back and I showed Eric. He's like, get the fuck out of here. I've been trying to look for something. <laughs> I've been trying to look for something right. that we could use. And like literally, you know, something as easy as, you know, just writing down information for one, you know, one pit crew to hang, hand off to the next PM pit crew. I mean, stuff like that was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, we also got to go down to Cape Girardeau where Old Hickory manufactures their pits. And, you know, Luke Ray, who he is son-in-law of the, uh, of the founder uh, he actually got to hand-show us around their old facility as well as their brand-new facility that they're building.
2: It so awesome. wasn't even open yet. It really? wasn't even open yet. Of course, He, he spent in. a whole day out of, Jean, of his, out of his time. It Gene We were
0: a- with Elvis. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah. with Barbecue Elvis. Right. That's it awesome. was, uh Yeah, it was beyond impressive what Ol' Hickory is doing down there in Cape Girardeau.
1: Well, that's how I got mine. I mean,
0: straight up, it's, you know, you guys... We jumped you into the Old Hickory.
1: He did, in, We're into that family. Yeah, that's uh got my SSE going, and you know I've had multiple other um, smokers, and I mean, there's just nothing that's been able to come close. And
0: yeah, they they also recommended us to go to uh, Pappy's in St. Louis on our way back to KC, and holy shit, I think that was the best rack of ribs I've ever had was in Pappy's. I mean, Gene was even happy. My wife was like through the roof. She couldn't believe how amazing that. The rack of ribs, were sweet potato ribs. Uh, They were they were baby backs. Yeah, Yeah, they were baby backs. Yeah, Yeah. but this place. How do they do them?
2: They actually have Mm -hmm. old hickory pits. Uh But they how many? did they have like twenty five
0: of them? They had like twenty. It was unreal. They had pit. The entire restaurant was surrounded by pits. (laughs) All the way around. Like and then trailer mounted trailers on the street, just sitting on the street with pits on (laughs) them. Like we Uh, don't need the parking. We need the pits. Wow. Yeah, very impressive.
2: So, and every time you go in there, they say. You come in afternoon, you're probably not getting any burnt ends. You're probably not getting this. You're probably not getting that. You know, with 25 pits, how do you not have all this food? Yeah. They serve so much food. They can't keep up. And it's all awesome food. And you loved it? Their ribs were fantastic. Just simple, stupid corn. And turkey. Turkey was amazing.
1: You know, that's what I want to I look into next.
0: Turkey's bomb. Yeah, some. Have you had the, the turkey at Grand Ole? No. Oh, my God. Go Andy there. Harris yeah. is not playing around. It is for real turkey. Actually, I, I mean, love some tur- smoked turkey. I don't like, I've never even fucking been there. Oh, you got to go. You got to go. i
1: so many great things. I mean, well, Andy, he's an East County boy, too. He's, so. he's
0: already, uh, he said he's coming on the yeah, podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm We're fired up stoked to have him. About it. fired right. up to it.
2: Let's, let's go down next week. Let's
0: or get something. some turkey. And he's get
2: expanding some... into the East County. Is he? Well, the problem is he's in a, in a residential neighborhood, and you know, you get those conflicts where people don't like smoke, and they yeah. don't like the smell, and they're going to cry. So he's just going to do his cooking out there and take it to both facilities and where nobody cares. There you go. Out in rural East County. And they're, they're, Turkey is amazing. I mean, you have to have it. We ate there two weeks ago.
0: So I think uh, one of the best things is we got Gene... As accessible as Gene is, he is now on Twitter. Is that correct? Dude. Have you been tweeting, Gene?
1: Me and Gene have I've had Twitter. You guys have been, been, been tweeting at, with we each we other? I probably been had tweeting Twitter tweet you tweet. been oh tweeting. Oh my
0: gosh. You did? Yeah. Yeah? How Twitter. many tweets do you have?
1: Not very many. Gene's uh, about the same as me. I mean, I'm pretty much. Well, if you want to tweet at him, he's Gene
0: Goy And uh, he's actually Gene Goy at Instagram. Derek, what are you at?
1: I am at Marso Derek
0: Marso Derek for on Twitter. Twitter
1: and Valley Farm Markets at um, Instagram and www.valleyfarmmarkets.com. And um, yeah, I mean, you can email me as well, Derek at valleyfarmmarkets.com. Um, but yeah, I love uh, helping, and if anyone's got any questions,
0: I'm here. Well, Gene, spent his life giving back and that's probably one of the best things, uh, about barbecue is the charity component that...
1: No, he's actually, he's helped me be a better person. That's for sure. Absolutely. Give him back and doing what we do. It's, uh, it's exciting. We're going on eight years on our Spring Valley competition and, um, something that who would have thought year one that we just, and now we're just, uh, doing our 501c3 to give back to kids even more and, um... Wouldn't be possible without a guy like Gene.
0: No, absolutely not. But, you know, that that's the cool thing is that barbecue opens up a lot of different doors and you never know where those doors are going to lead. And as long as you're willing to grind it out and put in the long hours, put in the work. Uh, I mean, it's not really long hours, is it? Like, uh, I don't count them. I don't fucking count them. <laughs> My wife counts them. <laughs> right. She's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm I'm recording with Derek. No, you're not. No, you're not Um, recording with Derek. I love my wife. She's an amazing person. She is amazing. I love Rosie. Yeah. She's just going to call it like she sees it though. No filter. Cut the shit, Sean. No filter. Stop bullshitting. Um, well, if you do want to tweet at us, we're at barbecue war stories. That's pretty much where you'll find us on Facebook. Also on Instagram. Uh, we want to know what kind of questions you have, who we should bring on the podcast. Uh, We are very fired up, very fired up to have John Brackmonti from Brazen Barbecue on the podcast. He was a competitive barbecue team that was able to open up a barbecue restaurant that's thriving over in Hillcrest. He's still open today. Uh, That's
1: some good cue. I had that the other day.
0: They do an amazing job. Yeah, John does a kick-ass job, job, and he's always uh, been willing to give back. Uh, he's participated in Spring Valley uh, Tailgate and Barbecue Festival. He's helped us raise money for organizations and training, which helps at-risk youth here in San Diego. And he's just a kick-ass guy. He's been very dedicated to his craft and very dedicated to growing his business and keeping the doors open. Uh, it's hard to do in 2017. It's hard to run any restaurant, any business. Uh, I don't care if it's well, you know, one employee or two employees. or
1: Especially in California. I Especially mean, in California. It's uh, fucking... <laughs> it's it's uh, the hoops we have to jump through. Um, but meeting people like, you know, Coops and, and Brazen and, and talking to all them, I mean, creating a, a net network, it makes it all worth it that we're all kind of going towards one cause, and that's just to kind of make barbecue in California known. Absolutely. Um, and giving back.
0: Well, so. not only that, I mean, you know, just today... All three of us, we got to meet, you know, Chad Ward from Traeger Grills. You know, he's great guy, director of marketing, and he's out here pounding the pavement. You know, meeting with his reps. You know, coming out, finding the end user, finding out who, you know, who's doing what, and you know, companies like that that are out touching product, touching people, being out in the customers. I mean, those are the companies that they get it,
1: and that's those are the companies we want to work with. Absolutely, you know, I, we're really excited to have them. Um, be a part of some of our competitions and we look forward to
0: it so if people want to sign up for Del Mar's kcbs contest that uh, they're going to go to arleyq.com they can sign up there arleyqevents.com they can sign up we only have spots for about 70 teams which we expect are going to fill up pretty fast Uh, if you go on cali comfort's facebook page you can check out the photos from last year there's no sexier place, we think. I think we're a little biased here on the West Coast, but no sexier place than Del Mar in the summer. Uh, the Pacific Classic Championship horse racing will be on the Saturday, load-in day. So you're going to load in, then you're going to go bet on some ponies and have your cooks meeting. and You're going to have some beer,
1: out. some Q, pretty women, betting on horse races great music we're gonna have jet west shout out to jet west oh, for yeah. giving us our jingle too, man absolutely how cool is that in the beginning of our uh, podcast and in the close it's um guys like that darren Schneider and shout and out to
0: my former business partner for my workout mix that we threw into the intro yeah that's uh that's good stuff that that but jet that west w-
1: will be there playing and then um who else are we gonna have we have uh, uh tim
0: hurley band they might be uh he, he's confirming with us hopefully but cool. we also have some uh, some local talent uh, AJ I think uh, if, if we can free him up we're gonna have him come out but we're gonna have some we're gonna have a kickass time I yeah. mean we have we have Andy Harris Grand olds gonna be out there selling barbecue brazen's gonna be out there coops uh, we're gonna bring as many barbecue restaurants as we can this year so that uh, people that come out there well, you want the it. public
1: to try the best absolutely so come on
0: out. yeah the best the best in San Diego so that's yeah. what we're gonna have um, but other than that, if you want to tweet some charger hate at me, I'm Sean P Walchef. Uh I welcome. I welcome the Thunder. Uh, I got a lot of friends on Twitter now, apparently, uh, or might be blacklisted. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that goes. But we're we're fired up to have Eugene. Uh, we appreciate everything that you do uh, for the barbecue community. Everything you do is humble. Uh, I apologize for Derek and I shouting you out and putting you on podcasts and. Putting, tweeting at you and putting you on blast but uh, everything that you do for Derek and myself we can't thank you enough uh, we wouldn't be open today uh, my when I went on Man Meat Barbecue, that podcast is available shout out to Mikey K uh, check that out but you saved our business uh, if we didn't turn California comfort uh, from a sports bar into a barbecue restaurant I'm confident we wouldn't be open today so here we are you know nine years later and we're just getting this thing going we're going to get better hopefully maybe more than one person uh will listen to this podcast and we'll we'll give it a go next week shoot for double digits anything uh anything else Corey? mr mr wagner our, our shout producer. out to cory shout out to Corey. <laughs> he's got so many instagram accounts that he his phone doesn't <laughs> work anymore this shoot. guy's a, a master the master behind the scenes anything else no we're all good We'll uh, we'll catch you guys all next week, and uh, appreciate it. Barbecue War Stories, check us out.